Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, everyone. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you to be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 162 of Sorta Awesome. Thank you all so much for continuing on with us through this the year of the awesome. This is the year we are declaring that we are not just saying that we are awesome, but we are really becoming awesome people for the world around us as we focus on becoming smarter and stronger and more social. And so speaking of Instagram, that is a great place to connect with us in your pursuits of being smarter and stronger and more social because we give you the heads up when a new episode drops every single week of Sorta Awesome on Fridays. Also on Fridays, we invite you, the awesomes of Instagram, to tell us all about your awesomes of the week. You will also see Sorta Awesome on Instagram. You'll see funny memes. You'll see thoughtful inspiration. Really all things awesome on Instagram you can find on our account. So if you have not already found us on Instagram, we would love to have you join our community over there. You can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. All right, this is episode 162 of Sorta Awesome, and I'm joined today by my dear friend, my surrogate older sister, the regular Sorta Awesome co-host that we all love and love to hear from, Kelly Gordon. Hello, Kelly. How are you? Hey, Meg. I am so good. Hey, awesomes. Well, today, Kelly and I are finally talking about something that we have kind of danced around the edges of going back almost a hundred episodes. Is that right? This is going back to something that you kind of said casually back on episode 63. Here we are now at episode 162. And we're finally going to do this deep dive that Kelly and I really have talked about quite a bit. And that is really knowing, understanding, and practicing the differences between self-care and self-comfort. We're going to talk about all kinds of things, like really defining what makes something self-care, what makes something fit into the self-care category, which that's such a buzzword. It has been for a couple of years now. What puts something into the self-comfort category? When is it best to indulge in one or the other? We're even going to talk about like, depending on what your Enneagram number is or what your personality leanings are, 
what is a good habit to build into your life for self-care. We're going to cover all of this stuff that we've been thinking about and reading about and researching for a long time now. We're, we're going to share it with you today. So we are going to get to all of that here in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. This is the moment in the show where we share with you all the books, the TV, the movies, podcasts, the products, whatever it is that's making life just a little bit more awesome for us this week. So Kelly, I can't wait to hear what you have for us. Well, I have something that will be no surprise to our podcast listeners. It is another podcast to listen to. All right. However, I have an update. I feel like I have breaking news for all of the awesomeness here. Okay. So my awesome of the week is a little five-part podcast series that was put out all at once this past May. I binged it this summer. It's called Inside Trader Joe's. Do you know, have you heard about it? I did not know Trader Joe's has a podcast. <laughs> yes, this is a new thing. And you guys, I don't know, maybe if you, like me, are a Trader Joe's fanatic, yes. you also kind of heard about the buzz somewhere. I don't even remember where I first picked it up. But it was such a fun little series. Like I said, it all dropped on one day, so you could go binge it right now. They're like 20 to 25 minutes per episode, five episodes. That's like an hour and a half. Yeah. You could fold your laundry and listen to the entire series. So that's the nice thing is I'm not putting something on your to-do list that's going to be like, one of those big, heavy, this is going to take me forever. I really want to listen to it, though. Sort right, of right, right. It's like a little treat. But you guys, literally, I was going to make this my awesome of the week, and I found out that there is a season two. Ooh, surprise, surprise. It is a surprise. When they were originally going to do this, they were just doing a five-part series. They said that back in those early episodes. They said, hey, we're just doing a few stories to talk about what happens behind the scenes inside Trader Joe's. So this is produced and done at the Trader Joe's mothership. As they say, it's the actual Trader Joe's people. It's not just people like me who like Trader Joe's. They're really getting the inside scoop and releasing the information that they want the public to know. But it was received so well that just this last week, they released a new episode. So there is now episode six, the beginning of season two. And apparently they're going to be releasing them every couple of weeks here through the holiday season. So if anybody shops at Trader Joe's, you know that we have now entered what the season of pumpkin. Pumpkin season is here. Pumpkin and pumpkin yes. spice, all the things. I think that one year I actually did an Instagram story on all of the pumpkin things that I bought at Trader Joe's probably in <laughs> September or October. You guys, it was not less than 20 things. Pumpkin bagels, pumpkin cream cheese, pumpkin cereal, pumpkin spice coffee. I mean, yes. it's ridiculous. And it's also yeah. gummy. Pumpkin yeah. bread. So yeah. it'll be fun to see where they're going to take this series as we go forward. But let me tell you, if you just want to go back right now, even this weekend, and listen to the five-part podcast series that I've already heard, here's some of the things that you're going to learn. You're going to learn why everyone wears Hawaiian shirts. Ooh, I've always wondered, honestly. Right? Here's okay, the funny good. thing is that they talk to a lot of the employees and finding out how many Hawaiian shirts some of them have, because <laughs> that's what they wear every day. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. In excess of 20, oh yeah, not a problem. <laughs> So they're the ones, if you ever wonder, like, who's buying those Hawaiian shirts that they sell like once a year at Costco or in the random places? It's the Trader Joe's employees. Also, maybe my favorite story from the whole series was why they sell bananas singly ah. instead of in bunches. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spoil that one, but it was literally, that was the story I was telling people to try to get them to listen to this series in my real life. Is there really a Joe? Why, yes, there is. And you get to hear mm. from him and about how the show started, the origins, like he used to write. The Fearless Flyer, which if you don't have a Trader Joe's near you, it's kind of this little, like very rustic, unrecycled oh, yeah. paper with these really old style graphics, like clip art. 
and mm-hmm. that they put out, kind of how they got into that, why your favorite products get phased out. Remember that time I thought they were getting rid of the bagel seasoning? Everything but mm-hmm. the bagel. And I had a mild stroke about it yes. and put it on Instagram. And then lots of people were like, listen, listen, don't die. You can make your own everything but the bagel seasoning. But then as it turns out, just our store was out for a little bit. They yes. weren't phasing it out. But I mean, I had a moment of sheer terror yes. that we were losing that product. So, ooh, I can't wait to hear more of their right. inside they scoop do on that. They run out of the coconut cream which is something that I use to make coconut rice and other things. Mm, and when yeah. they do, like I go to the checkout and I say, look, this can't happen. Like I need coconut rice. And the, the employees are so understanding because of course they're the worst ones hit. They yes. get these favorite products because they're all the time. And they're like, look, I hate it just as much as you. Right. I had to answer to my grandchildren. Like, why do you <laughs> not have that anymore? So it's funny. And then will they ever go digital? Which, you know, short answer, no. Because they want you to come into the stores. But, you know, people sometimes have said, why don't you sell things online? I don't have one near me. They're just slowly, slowly rolling themselves out to the entire U.S. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then maybe beyond. But anyway, it's a really fun podcast. If you shop at Trader Joe's, if you love Trader Joe's, you will adore this podcast. And even if you don't, I think it's just a really fun listen. It's fun to hear some of these inside scoops of how a small business can make it big and kind of their philosophy of really especially prizing their employees and their customers. So Inside Trader Joe's, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Excellent. I love that, Kelly. You and I, as usual, are in complete simpatico because I also have a podcast that also just dropped season two. No kidding. Okay. So awesome. You have to listen to us first, though. Okay. Please do. Yes. Please do make room in your podcast app for us first and then go check out these new ones. Okay, Kelly, so this is a season two of a podcast that you recommended back in January in episode 131. You recommended Slow Burn from Slate. Okay, so you were telling us as your Awesome of the Week about what was then just Slow Burn. But now we know, again, it's kind of similar thing. Now we know that was actually season one where they broke down and did a deep dive into the Watergate scandal and the Nixon presidency. Season two of Slow Burn recently dropped. Again, this is put out by Slate Production, Slate Media. And season two, you guys, this is going to take a little bit of a darker turn from the Inside Trader Joe's podcast. Just a heads up, because season two of Slow Burn breaks down President Bill Clinton's impeachment scandal. Yes, that was perfect, though. It is perfect for what they did, looking at Watergate and saying, you don't even know the weird stories that were there and what happened then. So to handle what happened in the 90s, that's so good. It's so good. So we're totally in this season. We're totally revisiting this era that was filled with scandal and political upheaval. But what the podcast does is it takes you back in time to look at it, but with fresh eyes 20 years later. It's been 20 years since President Clinton's impeachment trials. It traces the Clinton presidency from the beginning, the past scandals, things that continue to hound both he and Hillary Clinton through the presidency, but scandals that kind of had happened during his governorship in Arkansas. They explain succinctly, if you've never understood what the whole Whitewater controversy was, they cover that. They talk about Paula Jones. They bring in voices and commentary from people who were actually involved in the things as they unfolded. And then also journalists who also were writing commentary on all of it that was happening So they also are kind of going along with you 20 years later. It's crazy to me to think about that some of our listeners, maybe a lot of our awesomes are like, 
that happened uh, practically when I was a baby or, you know. <laughs> I was a newlywed. I feel like I had finished. Oh, well, actually, Kylan, I got married in 1998, 20 years ago. So yeah, I was a newlywed when all of this was happening. And we were setting up shop in our own home for the first time. And I remember watching this continuous right. news coverage all the I time was in with this. At the time. So yeah. I'm sure. Yes. You probably actually remember a lot of the main points. Yes so. and no. I mean, I, I think know. that that's what this podcast is so awesome for. Even if I was in a newsroom, even if you were a quote unquote grown up during yeah. those times, there was so much coming out all the time. It was so confusing. And we didn't really have the right perspective on things. Not that we were looking at it from a wrong way, but the further you get from those very intense moments, the more yes. you can say, okay, what do we really take away from this? Instead of just following the drama of the day to day, yeah. which good Lord, there was a lot of drama. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it was a lot every day, but at the same time to be able to say, but what did we learn and what, how did this change us and for the good and for the bad. And I feel like that's what Slow Burn did the first season with Watergate. Even if you yeah. were alive then, I think you probably could have learned so much from it. Yes. And I would think that the same is true with this. Definitely. That was one of the things I was going to point out because Hannah Rosen, who lots of us now know from like Invisibilia, and she's, you know, just a very well-known American journalist. She is on a specific episode and she calls the sort of public reviling of Monica Lewinsky a dark moment of deep feminist shame and really examines two decades later what we didn't understand or maybe even didn't believe in the last century about things like consent and power dynamics and relationships. You know, sometimes I'll watch like Friends or Malcolm in the Middle or oh, Seinfeld and there's painful, still, isn't it? Yeah, there's still funny things, but it makes me cringe, cringe a lot. Yes. Now to watch some things because we just move through culture in different ways now and a lot of the Clinton impeachment coverage is now also a little bit cringeworthy. But I think it's so fascinating because in one of the episodes, the host makes the statement that, you know, he's kind of like asking some questions and he says, what are we supposed to do about the fact that the whims and impulses of individual men can and constantly do alter the course of history? And I think that's such an interesting question to ask and something that I'm sure they really explored in the Watergate series, which I did not listen to. I just picked it up with season two because I just was like, there's a lot I don't remember about this. But I think that's such a thought provoking question because they do not only examine what happened during this time, but also like, how did this change that administration? And then what's the ripple effect going forward? Right. So and it's history, right? This is the yeah. stuff that we need to know. Yeah. Now, Austin's obviously, we're not going to judge you if you don't listen to it. If you're like, no, I don't want to do some sort of a deep <laughs> dive into history and seriousness yes. for my podcast listening. I get yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I feel like this makes us better citizens yeah. and more informed voters. And it helps us just to put perspective on where we are today. It's amazing when you really look at history. And this is history, even though it's recent history, to mm -hmm. trace like, oh, that's where that came from. And oh, I see now you know, why we're reacting the way we are. It's really, really informative. I love that stuff. Ooh, good, yeah. awesome. Well, I have been through episode four, which is the most recent one that's out now as we record. However, I believe episode five is going to drop this week. So by the time you all are listening to this, I think there will be five episodes out. I looked back, it looks like they did eight episodes in season one. Yeah, sounds right. So I would imagine they're going for a similar story arc here for season two. And so there's totally still time to go back and if you want to do some binging, you could listen to it. You can catch up to current, whatever. But anyway, again, it's from Slate Media. It's called Slow Burn. And I have been super enjoying season two. So interesting. Just some fascinating stuff there. So 
We will drop links to these podcasts for you into the show notes for this episode, as we always do. And as we always do, we want to hear about your awesomes of the week. We do that every Friday, like I said, over on Instagram at Sort of Awesome Show, and also in our community on Facebook, the Sort of Awesome Hangout Group. We open up the floor for you guys to share with us your awesomes of the week. And if you haven't joined us over there, you can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash sort of awesome hangout. Awesomes, if this fall and the coming holiday season means that you will be traveling either on a road trip or hopping on a jet plane, you know I'm going to tell you that you have got to get yourself an away bag. It's time. You need one and I promise you will love it. I absolutely adore my away carry-on. That's because away makes all of their suitcases with premium German polycarbonate, which is completely unrivaled in strength and impact resistance. That means you can be super Super tough on it and it's going to take all of the abuse. Because I have a tendency to overpack on every single trip I go on, I super love the interior of my away bag that features a patent pending compression system so I can cram in all of that stuff I think I need to take with me. They've created these 360 degree spinner wheels that make it so easy to pull through an airport and the TSA approved combination lock is built in right into the top of the bag. One of the things we all love the most about our away bag is that both both sizes of the carry-on are able to charge all of your cell phones, your tablets, your e-readers, anything that's powered by a USB cord. And a single charge of your Away carry-on will charge your iPhone five times. Don't forget your Away bag has a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they will fix it or replace it for you for life. I promise that you will love all of the bags in the Away line. If you are ready to go ahead and check one out for yourself, you can get $20 off a suitcase when you go to awaytravel.com slash awesome and use promo code awesome during checkout. Again, to get that $20 off, you have to go to awaytravel.com slash awesome and use promo code awesome during checkout. Thank you, Away Bags. All right, like I said at the top of the show, the sort of kernel for the idea of this episode, Kelly, is something that you truly said when we were talking about what we know now that we're here back in episode 63, you kind of casually mentioned that one of the things that you have come to know and understand that has really served you well is that there's a difference between practicing good, healthy self-care and practicing self-comfort and that there's a time and a place and appropriateness for both of those things, but understanding the differentiation. We've had lots of great follow-up conversations about that in our community, but we felt like it was really time, especially here to September. You know, we've spent this month really talking about kind of getting our systems in place and celebrating what we're doing well and looking at the places where we need to grow. And it seemed like the time is right to really do a deep dive on this whole concept. So we've got some ideas that we want to kind of go through with you. In fact, Kelly, why don't you get us started by let's kind of talk about when it comes to practicing some things that are maybe more like coping mechanisms. How do we know if what we're doing is good for us? And how do we know if something is not so great for us? Right? Well, here's the thing. This might be my most big sistery sort of awesome yet to date. Perfect. Because I feel like this is one of those lessons I've really learned just by living. Mm. And so if this is a conversation that I have with a lot of my friends now that we're all in our 40s saying, oh, you know, I look back and no one told me to be aware and listen to yourself 
Or if you did kind of have some internal sense to listen to yourself, lots of times people are like, oh, you can't trust that. Mm. Or you have this kind of internal voice saying, don't trust that. Right. right? Trust the external. So I really feel like it all has to start there. You know, let's just say right from the get go, we need coping mechanisms to deal with our life, right? That's just normal. That's part of being human. Life can be hard. It could be every day, small stresses that just kind of pile up, you know, kids homework, unexpected traffic jams the dinner burning, a big project at work that didn't go well, or it could be larger traumas that are happening in our life. We need coping mechanisms to deal with those things. It is a part of a healthy psychology. We cannot just, even if we intend to walk through that hard thing, we cannot take it all at once. We need bite-sized pieces, that sort of thing. So I really feel like if we're going to say that is the baseline, that we're all going to acknowledge that we do have to have coping mechanisms. The key is then do you know what you really need? Are you listening to yourself and saying, this is what I need at this moment, or this is what I need at this moment? And you know what? The answers could differ from day to day. Yes. Because you differ from day to day, right? Yes. So I was thinking about this after we did that show before of, you know, what we know now that we're here. And I thought about kind of the coping mechanisms being on a spectrum from harmful on one end, all the way over to healthy. So let's just talk about that for a minute. So harmful mechanisms, coping mechanisms would be things that produce this in you. If you become a little bit more numb or more detached or more distracted from your life, I would say those are things that are actually harmful. They're not helping you anyway. Conversely, on the other side of the spectrum, healthy, I would say after a healthy coping mechanism you are going to feel more alive, more confident, more energized, even empowered to tackle some of those things to re-engage in that thing that caused the trauma if you need to go back there. So I think that that just looking at things on a spectrum, for me, especially maybe just personality type wise, I don't like to call things good or bad, (laughs) black or white. I want to say if it's on a spectrum, it makes me more comfortable. Because honestly, there are things that I know for me might be harmful that for other people might be perfectly fine in small doses and vice versa. So I don't want to paint anything completely white or anything completely gray. Anything truly could become harmful if taken to excess and for the right personality type, I think. so. Yes, that makes so much sense. I just want to hit that point again, because I think that is so important. If you notice that after engaging in whatever the thing is, like fill in the blank, that you are feeling actually more numb than you were. If you are feeling more like, okay, just like, so as an Enneagram type nine, like talking about becoming detached (laughs) is, that's my home base. (laughs) She's like, that's the goal. (laughs) Well, actually, that is a huge indicator for a type nine that they're moving in some unhealthy patterns is that they actually are super seeking out becoming more and more detached and more like far moving themselves further and further away from dealing with reality and and hard things or even good things. That's the same thing about type nine. Sometimes we can detach when things are going really well because we have a hard time connecting with what's going on within us. And I mean, I'm going to talk about that for a long time. I will not. Well, we're going to talk about Enneagram stuff later. But it's almost hard for me to talk about because it's like one of those things when you know it so well. It's like, how do I put words to this? This is just like how, <laughs> how life is for everyone, right? But truly, if you're like, okay, I just crave getting more and more distance from whatever the reality is that is causing stress or causing good stuff, whatever. 
then that's going to be more harmful. But after you engage in something, if you are feeling like, I feel so good right now, I feel so empowered, I feel so energized, my energy level is soaring now, then you can know, okay, yeah, this is totally a healthy thing that I need more of in my life for sure. Or even sometimes, and we're going to talk about some specific examples here in a minute, but sometimes it's even not something that would necessarily feel good in the moment. And I think a great example of this is therapy or counseling, which can be very healthy and help really move you from a place of unhealthy patterns in life into some healthiness. I will say, and maybe it differs by personality, when I first started therapy, it was awful. It was miserable. I had to connect with some things, with some moments in my past, with some things I'd been believing about myself and about life. And it was almost like I had to detox. Like a lot of ugly stuff came to the surface and it was super not fun. And I did not feel (laughs) more energized or more empowered when I very first started. But then sticking to it over time is going to eventually lead you down the path to healthiness. So sometimes you use that as a litmus test. It might be like, why am I doing this? I do not feel better. (laughs) Right. No, that's a really good point. Sometimes we do have to push through and we can trust the people around us Mm -hmm. to say, no, this does, you know, eating this good food, going to therapy, getting more sleep, even though, you know, initially you might be saying, that's my alone time, Mm -hmm. you know, that pushing through that initial discomfort Mm -hmm. to get to true health is the true Mm self-care that everybody's always talking about, right? So I feel like when we looked at this spectrum from harmful to healthy, really self-comfort and self-care are both toward the healthy margin. Mm -hmm. Any of Mm -hmm. these things, like I said, could become harmful um, if taken to an extreme. So we're really not talking about self-care versus self-comfort in a way that like one is harmful and one is healthy. You know, we said very often on episode 63, and we've talked in the Hangout, you know, that these are really knowing the difference, like they're both needed. Yes. So we're not painting one. We're just saying you need to know the difference between the two so that you don't slip down that harmful road. So, you know, like I think about things that are truly harmful are things like compulsive eating or, oh, that one hurts me because food is my friend. (laughs) I'm a total emotional eater. But just again, recognizing it, spending, just like looking to buy something to kind of fill in that gap. Again, to make you numb, right? When Mm -hmm. you're seeking to numb yourself. I think even like too much caffeine, obviously too much alcohol, you know, of course, illicit drugs, you know, illicit sex, things that are easier to identify. Like, yes, those are harmful to you, harmful to the people around you. I think it gets a little trickier when you're saying, okay, so why am I doing this thing that I'm doing though? If it isn't that obvious, and mm. like you said, is my motive kind of to say, I just want to get away. I just right. want to burrow in. I don't want to face this thing. Yeah. Now, again, there could be a time for that. And maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit, kind of some of those middle ground things. But when we're talking about harmful things, harmful coping mechanisms, to me, it is truly, it is those things that are maybe in a different method. They could be like a band-aid in the middle, but mostly they're harmful. So, I mean, really it's the healthy things that I think, of course, we're sort of awesome. We want to talk about the things that are positive in your life. Yes. Like those things that cause you to be more alive and more confident. Like we want you to have, I feel like this was a really good word that came to me when I was thinking about healthy is that at the end, you want to feel self-respect and connection. So I don't even oh, know. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Connection Kelly, with yourself. That's so good. This is the big sister, right? Yes. I feel like yeah. maybe even with therapy, so you have to answer this question. Even at the beginning, okay. 
there's a lot of mm-hmm. yuck and a lot of painful and you walk mm-hmm. away and say, I don't know, I'm doing this to myself. If there wasn't still mm-hmm. a small glimmer. Right, exactly. Because, you know, to go back to thinking about the harmful thing, you know, you're talking about sometimes we do it to distract or avoid. Sometimes we can get engaged in these harmful things because we are just seeking that little flicker of happiness or contentment. I think about some spending habits that I've had in the past, especially with online shopping. It was just like that little, like, not only the happiness of clicking to buy, but that happiness of looking forward to that delivery coming and being able to open it. And as with all things, overboard shopping and spending, that's such a fleeting thing. However, when I started therapy, even though it was hard in the beginning, like the further I got away from the actual appointment and kind of did the work of therapy, it wasn't just a flicker of happiness and contentment. It was like, okay, this is hard work, but I can see where I'm going. It's a longer lasting, like, okay, it's the thrill of it. And because eventually as you get into the patterns of it and start to learn to do the work and get used to doing the work, there is a thrill to it. And because you can begin to see the light coming to a lot of darkness that you've been holding on to. And when that comes into your life and stays and you see the fruit of it in your life, it's so much more fulfilling. And there's so much more contentment to that than as opposed to clicking on something and opening, you know, stalking the UPS guy (laughs) to see when your next package is coming to your front door. So I feel like that's a good distinction to keep in mind is whether you're doing something to avoid or you're seeking out a thrill. (laughs) It's all about examining the motive and the fruit of what's happening in you to kind of use as a guide to figure out, is this healthy or is this unhealthy? Because we all have to work through those questions. You know, another word that came to me when I was thinking about this concept of of really healthy self-care was alignment. And I thought about visiting a chiropractor. When you are aligned with yourself and with all of the values that you say are important to you, that is a healthy thing. And there is a good feeling about that. You know, the energy flows. So even if you wanted to look at chiropractic, you know, when they are aligning your spine and trying to get it back into alignment from all the stresses and the traumas that we endure on a daily basis, the whole point is to get you back functioning well. And when you are functioning well, there is just more energy, more joy. And so, like you said, then you can see the results of those things. So it really is about looking at how do I feel now that I've engaged in this behavior, in this coping mechanisms? There is a time for self-comfort. There are times we say, I just need to watch a TV show or read this crazy novel and eat ice cream in bed and then go to bed early because then I know I'll be able to tackle tomorrow better. This is the wisdom mm-hmm. of the mom. All of our moms right. said, just go to bed, yes. you know, when you were go crashing at nighttime. So there is a time to say, yes, you know what? I am going to do this. But at the end of that little, if it is true self-comfort, even though it was a a thing that was not like maybe building into good habits for your whole life. It's still, it enabled you to reset, turn back to your life and say, okay, now I can face it. I can write that paper. I can deal with that child. I can have that conversation. I can clean up that minivan, whatever it is that you were trying to kind of get away from. Recognizing, seeing that like, I just need a little break. It's not Mm -hmm. that I can't handle this. It's not that I need to leave it forever, but it would be Mm -hmm. wise for me to take a step back, fill myself back up, and then tackle it afterwards. That is an okay thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So let's talk about like on a practical level, what do you think are some of the things that we can look at, kind of do a walkthrough of our lives 
Let's make sure we're including some of these. This is what it might look like to have some of these healthy patterns. Right. Well, I think, you know what, and I'm even going to quote some of the awesomes here, um, maybe not you know, by name, but we have talked so often in the Hangout about what some good, true, healthy self-care things look like. So I know for me, for sure, nourishing food mm-hmm. is a big one. And that doesn't mean it has to taste gross. You know, it doesn't mean like, oh, you have to go and eat your kale. <laughs> Come on, people, take care of yourself. Like having a really good pot roast dinner, you know, homemade oh my bread, goodness. even dessert. Yes. I feel like lately, because we're here at the end of summer, early fall, there's just a lot of fruit and fruit that's going bad in my house. Hashtag fruit flies, hashtag hate them. I've been making a lot of pies because I've got to do this. It's a dessert. It's got sugar in it. But it's like so nourishing to me in many ways, both to make and to eat. So real nourishing food. Um, Sleep, which, hello, Mm -hmm. we've talked about on the podcast a lot. So the awesomes are like, yes, I know this soapbox. Getting good sleep for yourself. exercise, which Mm -hmm. I think could also fall into the realm of like, I don't want to do this. You know, at the beginning, maybe you don't want to do it or you might even, you know, hurt. But I'll tell you this. This is when exercise flipped in my brain is that I realized I never walked away from a workout regretting it. So true. That's the payoff, right? That's the fruit. So if I can do something that even on the front end, I'm grumbly about and whiny and But then at the end, I say, I'm glad I did that. I feel better now. Mm -hmm. Then hello, healthy self-care. Meditation, Mm -hmm. big thing for me this last year. Just calm that monkey brain, get back in touch with your real body, your real life, the things going on around you, which I feel like can couple right into, it doesn't have to, but gratitude, you know, making a gratitude journal, that sorts of things. Well, you tell me some of yours. I want to tell you some of the things the awesomes have said too. Okay, well, mine, I've referenced this a few times on the show, and it sounds so silly when I say it, I feel like, but I'm learning to like listen to myself and embrace it, is that I love, love, love my skincare routine at the end of the day. I've talked about this a few times, and I do feel like it is a nourishing thing that is both, I think it kind of is a dual purpose. It is comforting to me because I do love a rhythm and a routine. I love that predictability that I know that I'm going to do that at the end of the day. And it also does take really good care of my skin. And I do feel like, I love that you said the self-respect factor can be a good judge of how you feel after having done it. I feel like, okay, I am taking this time to really take good care of my skin, which to other people that may be like, that sounds like terrible. I can barely wash my face at night. And sometimes I don't do that. But in listening to myself, once I started doing it and I recognized that sort of self-respect and good outcome for me inwardly, I was like, I think this is a good thing to keep doing. So it's a little bit, maybe a little unusual, maybe not something that people would always think of, but I think it's really good to listen to yourself. Another thing, you and I both as extroverts, we are not going to be the kind of people usually by personality who want to seek out time alone, sometimes like meditating or going for a nice walk or whatever. But sometimes it's having lunch with my best friend that is such good care for my inward self to have that connection time. Even things like volunteering at my kid's school. I spent a whole morning at their school the other day and it was seeing lots of faces and teachers and people that we've known for years now. And I walked away from that feeling like elated and so filled up because I got to spend some good quality time, face-to-face time with some amazing little people. And 
So it's going to look a little different, but just listening to and figuring out what does this do for me inwardly, I think is so So if you want to have some more ideas, Awesomes, if you're saying, so give me some more. Here's some in a thread that I found. It was actually just this past summer. We're still talking about self-care versus self-comfort, which is why we wanted to do this whole episode. We're like, let's talk about this. Let's like do a deep dive. Some people said that they just want to remove the noise. Mm, right? Mm-hmm. So we often have noise and some of us are even kind of addicted to noise. Like I always have Pandora on in the background or, you know, we just have people around. One of the ways that we might just take care of ourselves is saying, what if we actually cut it off and made mm-hmm. ourselves be quiet? So that could be meditation. It could be a walk. It could be going into the bathtub. Don't take your phone, right? Yes. Unplugging, yes. even just unplugging from social media, from technology, Listen, I know I am not in a good headspace that I'm doing a lot of distraction when I find that I'm like, I wonder if I could listen to this podcast while I shower. (laughs) To me, when I can't, (laughs) well, again, for me, I know that if I cannot even spend 10 minutes with no noise, that I am actually in some pretty deep avoidance. Like, it's because there's something that I think I'll think about, you know, hashtag shower thoughts. That I might have to like actually deal with if because you know showers are great thinking yes. time if you let them the only be. Time we have left. Yes, exactly. But if I find it not because I'm like in the middle of a good binge of a podcast, I'm like seeking it out. What noise can I keep going so I don't have to be alone with my thoughts just long enough to take a shower? So yes. Anyway, eliminating noise is fantastic to have on the healthy That's list. Really I think. true. And really, now that you've said it that way, eliminating sort of brain noise. Because I do that same thing, Meg. I don't know if I'm always even trying to distract myself from something else. But I find that if I get really noisy in my head, I literally cannot stay away from social media. It's like I'm craving Mm -hmm. more stimulation. Yes. And what I really need, it's not helping me. I'm pushing Facebook and Twitter and Instagram on my phone without even thinking about it. I have no intentionality. I don't even know what I'm looking for. It's like I've gotten into this loop of stimulation. And the best thing I could do for myself at that point is to say, you're not going to reach the end of Instagram. You have given it a valiant try. You need to put Mm -hmm. it down and walk away and walk away, you know, circle myself and pause the internet. So, I mean, that's a big one. Several awesomes said that just doing something tactile is really helpful for them. So gardening or knitting or cooking or baking, you know, any of those things are nourishing to themselves. And so they're truly in that healthy self-care area. You know, several people even mentioned just nature, being outside, you know, forcing yourself to go for a walk or a bike ride and leaving your phone at home. Again, it's kind of what you were just saying about the shower, you know, just let your brain be for a little bit. It's going to be truly, it's nourishing yourself. It is enriching yourself. So that way you can keep living your life, deal with the problems that are facing you instead of just trying to numb and avoid them. It's so true that I think our brains, and this has been proven with science, that when we are not actively thinking about a problem, but we're doing something else and giving our brain the space to kind of free float, oftentimes our brain will find a way to deal with that problem. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Yeah, right. We yes. all kind of recognize, you know, that we do get those shower thoughts, those epiphanies when we're out on a walk. But I think that sometimes if we're just in the self-comfort mode and we're saying, well, I've got this problem, but I don't want to do with it. I'm just going to walk away for a few minutes and I'm going to, you know, watch some Netflix. 
our brain doesn't have the space to process and maybe find the solution. So doing something else that our brain can kind of free float, lots of times when we return to it, we might even have some potential, some solutions or some reinvented vigor to tackle that Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Awesomes, I want to take just a minute to talk to you about a company that we are proud to be longtime partners with, and that is Lola. In fact, it's perfect timing because just today, a cute little brown box arrived on my front porch from Lola. We've talked about this before, but the FDA does not require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products, and so for the most part, they don't. Lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes. Other brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients in their products, including rayon and polyester. Their feminine care products may also be treated with harsh chemicals, cleansing agents, fragrances, and dyes, but Lola products are 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. The best part is that Lola is all about making your month a little bit easier. And now that there are two ladies in the house who are fans of Lola, this has become more awesome than ever. We can totally customize our Lola subscription. That means every month we can choose what product types we need, the absorbencies we're wanting, the quantity that we want to get delivered to us, and the frequency, how often we want them delivered. To get in on all of this awesome goodness from Lola and for 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter awesome 40 when you subscribe. That's mylola, M-Y-L-O-L-A dot com and enter promo code awesome40 when you subscribe for 40% off. Thank you, Lola. Okay, friends, here's something that we know is true about you. You are awesome. Your business is awesome. And you're looking for a person who is awesome enough to help you grow your business. Where are you going to find that person? I mean, you could try posting on job boards, but how can you know if a person who's awesome enough is going to see your job? Instead, find the person who will help you grow your business with LinkedIn. As the world's largest professional network, people go to LinkedIn every day to grow professionally and to discover job opportunities. 70% of the U.S. workforce is already there. LinkedIn Jobs matches people to your role based on more of who they really are, their skills, their interests, how open they are to new opportunities. This way, your job gets seen by more of the right people, the most awesome people out there. Most LinkedIn members are not visiting the top job boards, but nine out of 10 members are open to new opportunities, so you can only reach them on LinkedIn. In fact, there's a new hire made every 10 seconds using LinkedIn. And businesses rate LinkedIn 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality and awesome candidates. So hurry over to linkedin.com slash awesome to get $50 off of your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash awesome to get $50 off your first job post. linkedin.com slash awesome. Terms and conditions do apply. You know that we like to talk about understanding ourselves and having a good sense of self-awareness. I really do believe that's a huge part of being healthy, a big part of being, you know, just physically, mentally, emotionally healthy. You need a big dose of self-awareness. And we talk about personality stuff. In fact, in some ways, (laughs) this is kind of a weird thing to say, but exploring and reading about and researching 
personality types and how we relate to each other is kind of a almost like a self-care thing for me. It's a deep hobby, interest, activity, whatever label you want to put on it. And because I think it's just so fascinating that understanding this can help us become the best version of ourselves. And so one of the systems that we've talked about, and that's certainly very popular that lots of people are exploring right now in our culture, is the Enneagram. So I did a little digging. I found an Enneagram teacher named Melanie Bell, who posted this on her blog, which I will completely put a link in the show notes to so that you can go and read the whole thing. I just want to hit the highlights of what she said. But she kind of talked about how each Enneagram type can build in these habits into their lives to practice some of the self-care, to keep their healthiness levels high. Because that's one of the things I love about the Enneagram is it's always allowing you to not only look at what your problem patterns are, which is why some people don't like the Enneagram because it makes you confront those. But as our friend Sarah Bessie says, I thought this was the best way to describe what the Enneagram can do for us is that the Enneagram gives you a path out of your unhealthiness. So by focusing on some habits that can bring healthiness into our lives, but are really tailored to what would work for different types. So like type one, which if you'll remember, our type one is our reformer. Sometimes they're called the perfectionist type. So for type one, a good habit is to make time to relax and just loosen up a little bit every day. Whether that is giving yourself time, it could be something more like meditation, practicing some deep breathing, or something sillier like turning on some YouTube videos and that are funny and maybe watching them with your kids and just giving yourself a scheduled break <laughs> to loosen up every day and make that a habit, like put it in your planner that that's something that you do every day is have a little sliver of time to loosen up because our reformer types can, you know, they can run with some high energy at doing things the right way and making sure that everyone is doing things the right way. So building in some time for some relaxation is really good for them. And for type two, I thought this was so good. Type twos are our helper types. And so she suggests for type twos to take themselves out on a date because type twos do spend so much time nurturing and meeting the needs of others that they can get lost in taking care of themselves. They, they put it to the bottom of the list or they don't even think about it at all. So to take yourself on a date, to do something that is so fun, that is just for you, that takes, that is not in any way aimed at taking care of somebody else. So I thought that was so good. Yeah, really good. For our type twos. And um, our type threes, who are achiever types, she suggests really taking some time to unplug from the external world. Type threes can be really focused on how others perceive them and making sure that the self that they put out to the world is doing their best at all times. So for a three to make a conscious effort to unplug from the external world and really just sit with themselves without social media, without, you know, feeling that they have to perform for anyone, just being with themselves can be really good caring for themselves. So I thought that was really good. Type fours, which I have a lot of type fours in yeah, my life. Me too. A lot. <laughs> I love them. They're so fantastic. Type fours are the individualists. And so she suggests for type fours to bring some organization into their lives because they are a type that will have lots of vision and ideas and, you know, want to be able to do a lot of things so that a good form of self-care actually for a four is to figure out like, what's an accountability system for me? Whether for you, it might be having a good planner or a calendar, or even like working collaboratively with people 
to make sure that there's like some follow-up to some of their ideas. Okay, I'm super curious about this type five one. So type fives are the investigators. I'm married to a type five and she suggests <laughs> that type fives might care for themselves well by having a buddy system because type fives. I'm feeling like all the fives are groaning right now and like major side eye make teeth. like, ugh. I know. I'm going to flip this past Kyle later because, but I already know what he'll say. But anyway, she's saying, you know, fives can be really inward and sometimes struggle to find inspiration because they can, you know, get really lost in doing deep dives into things and then don't really do anything with all of this information that they've gathered. So she's saying maybe use a buddy system to get motivated. I can promise you that my type five INTJ husband would be like, what are you talking about? That sounds miserable. <laughs> oh, it must be Enneagram <laughs> advice. He is ruthlessly, you know, efficient and bringing other people into the mix just brings in more inefficiency. <laughs> so I could just imagine him being like, yeah, no, I'm going to pass on the buddy system. But for some type fives, maybe that is what you need. Just like somebody to kind of bounce ideas right. off of even instead of going so inward with whatever their interest is that they're, you know, into in the moment. So our type sixes are the loyalists. And so she suggests for the loyalists to do something that stimulates your mind. Sixes can sometimes get stuck in their ways of doing things and maybe limit, you know, almost have tunnel vision about something. And so she suggests like, just try to do something that broadens your horizon. Do some reading about something that you're interested in. She suggests even playing like strategy games on the computer or like a board game, just something to kind of unstick those mental patterns we can in get into. All right. Are you ready for type I'm seven? Ms. Type seven. <laughs> I don't think you're going to like it. Actually, no, that's not true. Okay. So type sevens are enthusiasts. Kelly's a type seven. And this is something that I think that you already do really well. She suggests for type sevens to focus on doing one thing okay, no, at I a time. Okay, no, I don't necessarily like it, but it's very true and it's very helpful and it is true self-care. Yes, you and I have talked about this concept of unitasking and how we might explore talking more about that in the future, that type sevens can be seeking that stimulation and have a lot of things going on at once, especially a lot of fun things. <laughs> right, but just a lot of things. So really, it's kind of back to that unplugging idea, I think, for anybody who's a type seven, it's really easy to kind of get caught up in the whirlwind. So if you force yourself to say, nope, I can only do one thing, it is a baby step backward out of that, you know, little crazy whirlwind that we're in. Yes. Oh, that's a good way to describe it. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Type eights are our challenger types. And so for the challengers who really are great at leadership, they sometimes don't put a lot of energy into relationship building. And so she suggests to really like make an effort to do something that really gives genuine love and care to the people that they're in, in relationship with. I do wonder if sometimes eights get so caught up in being efficient and being productive and like really like going out and changing the world with their strength and with their energy that I do think I can see how it'd be easy for them to not really connect in that relationship way. So really making an effort to do something that's really caring, I can see would, you know, kind of fill up a part of themselves that they may otherwise neglect. All right. The last one is type nine's peacemakers like myself. She suggests we make a list of goals and a plan for accomplishing them. Uh, that's the key is the plan part, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So Laura and I, 
starting at the beginning of the year, Laura Tremaine, a former Sword Awesome co-host and my partner as we've created Smartest Person in the Room, another podcast this year that's been going on for several years now, actually. But we started the year with these goal meetings that we were having once a month. And Laura being a Enneagram type one and ISFJ has literally no problems with coming up with goals and like, here's how we break it down. I would sit down and be like, well, one thing I would like to do is, and I'd say something really smushy and vague, and she would just like look at me like, that's not, not a goal. A goal. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> yes. It's really hard. And I think for type nines, mm-hmm. like I said, we can sometimes get really disconnected right. from ourselves. That's our home base is disconnection from our own selves. So like what you said earlier, if it's Enneagram advice, it's probably something that we're a little resistant to at first. <laughs> That's how we know it rings true, right? If we say, oh, I don't really want to do that, but I can see how it would be helpful and how it truly is yeah. me taking care of me. Where for yes. other people, it maybe wouldn't apply to them or, you know, like telling a type one to set some goals. They're like, what? I'm breathing already. Okay. That's what I'm doing with my whole life. Right. <laughs> don't tell me something I already yeah. know. Exactly. Exactly. So Anyway, like I said, I'll put the link in the show notes so that you all can go and explore that. And maybe you have some awesome ideas if you are really in touch with what your Enneagram type is, some ways you've been taking care of yourself, some paths to healthiness that you've been exploring that you can share with us. I would love to hear more because I think this is so fascinating. But so as we begin to kind of wind down, Kelly, what are some of, I feel like there's, we've talked a lot about some different practical things, but also some mindset shifts. Like what are some of the big sort of like, what are some takeaways? What does this look like in real life? Again, kind of circling all the way back to the very beginning, what we talked about is what you need to do to truly take care of yourself and not just self-comfort, although to do both really, is to learn to listen to yourself and trust yourself. What do you need? What do you need at this moment to really take care of yourself so that you can stay engaged and energized and empowered in your own life, right? So that's the biggest thing. And then the cool thing, I think, is the reason that I have become passionate about this is that I want to get this right because I want to be able to model it for the people in my life, specifically my children, but really it could be anybody. You don't have to be a parent to have this apply. I think that our culture is very good at self-comfort and very not great at self-care. So just talking about this with your friends and saying, yeah, I'm looking at the difference between these two. I'm looking at my motivation. I'm looking at how I feel when I finish that thing. Do I feel more numb or do I feel more alive? So that we can model this sort of healthy self-care for our whole you know, community that we're with, I think is really important. So first, just listening, you know, what do you need? Listen to that answer, trust it. And then try to do that so that you can model it. Yeah. And I referenced this in the last episode, the one that I did with Rebecca on things that we're winning at and things that we need help with. And one of the things I talked about was coming out of this self-comfort habit of that I had gotten into during a stressful time in our lives, especially when our twins were babies, but really their toddlerhood was real stressful, you guys. (laughs) Just because I'm not a good toddler parent for a single toddler. (laughs) And having two 
Oh my goodness, was it so hard. And so during that, that was an extended season. That wasn't just like, oh, this is going to be a tough week. It was months and months and months on end. And I did have some good actual self-comfort habits. I actually read a lot more when the twins were toddlers. Number one, because they were both runners and I was terrified of taking two toddler runners out of the house. So we were at home a lot a lot more than I am now. And so I did a lot more reading and I feel like I actually learned some things and I found some of my favorite authors during that time. But another habit that I'd gotten into that was comforting and maybe not always on the healthy end of the spectrum was lots of fast food or delivery food, convenience food, which served us for a time. It did. And it's hard for me because I didn't necessarily like it, but I also just, man, I was struggling and I could not seem to kind of get a grasp on how to build in nourishing food, eating habits and patterns during that time. But so it was a really big deal when I kind of really realized like, okay, we're not in that season. We haven't been honestly for a long time. So now I can build, I actually do have the time, the energy, the resources to build in much more nourishing food plans, menu plans, dinners, breakfast, lunches, the whole thing that came at a time when I really recognized, okay, I'm not in that season anymore. It's time to wrap that up with a bow and put it on the shelf because that season's over. So I think that that's another takeaway. If you're thinking about, you know, like a lot of these are actually probably more self-comfort than their self-care. That's okay. Just be sure that you're building in some time in your life to assess, you know, what are my habits? What am I doing? What is the outcome of these things that I'm engaging in? And is it time to make some, some tweaks to those? Or am I still kind of in a place where I need a little more comfort? Right. You know? And it's a constant process, right? Of self-evaluation. Yes. You can start something that is truly self-comfort or maybe even self-care that then is going to slide into something that is not useful and helpful anymore. So we do right. kind of have to take those regular, however often you want to schedule them, assessments of ourselves and say, is this still working for me? Do I still feel good about this? Um, you know, some things I think it's easier to say that, yeah, we probably will feel always good about good food for ourselves and getting good rest and those sorts of things. But, you know, one of my favorite things to do for self-care is take a nap when I'm tired. But you know what? You can also nap just to avoid life. And I found that especially as summer was drawing to a close, I was sad that summer was drawing to a close. And so it was just a coping mechanism to kind of try to get away from the emotions that I didn't want to deal with. And part of me knew that I'm escaping emotions right now, and you're probably not even that tired. It was a matter of saying, okay, let's talk about this self. Kelly, let's talk to yourself and say, where are you now on this? Do you really need to do this right now? Even if on the outside, what's the harm in taking a nap? I'm not, you know, downing a vodka bottle in the middle of the day. Still, was it serving me well? And I think that along with that, and man, if this is not a sort of awesome manifesto, I don't know what it is, is if you find yourself slipping up or you evaluate yourself and I'm like, wow, I've been watching Netflix for two months now and at the beginning it was good and now it's not, give yourself grace. You know, don't beat yourself up. That's totally counterproductive to self-care. Right? Right? Yes. It's a matter of yes. saying we're human, we make mistakes. This is not one of those things that you're going to probably ever achieve perfect balance. Exactly. It is truly yeah. the journey, not the destination. It's a practice. So we're just saying, hey, let's just pay attention to it. 
so that we can take care of ourselves, make the corrections when we need to, and give ourselves grace and continue to live in an awesome way. Yes, totally. Well, I think that that is the perfect point to end on. This has been so much fun to get to do this deep dive. Again, we've been thinking about it for a while. I'm so glad that we are able to share this episode with you all. And I cannot wait to hear some of your thoughts, some of the things that you've learned along the way when it comes to self-comfort, when it comes to self-care, when it comes to healthy behavior patterns for ourselves and things that you've had to eliminate in the pursuit of healthiness. So Kelly, for those of us who do want to have some follow-up conversation, where can we find you all around uh, the You web? can find me on Twitter and Instagram often. If I'm there always, it probably means I'm in a bad self-comfort <laughs> mode. But when yeah. I'm there, you can find me at <laughs> Kelly Gordon MN from Minnesota. Or if you ever want to find me on Facebook, I'm at facebook.com slash lovewellblog. Or of course, I'm always in the Sorta Awesome Hangout. All right. You can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.